Hi, my name is Rutendo Nyamoda and welcome back to another phenomenal, exciting episode of In My Twenties. In my twenties. While you're here, please don't forget to like, share, subscribe and share this episode with your friends and family. Coming up on this episode of the In My Twenties podcast, we sit down with a guest who is so inspirational, not just in her personal life, but in her professional life as well. So welcoming herself onto the In My Twenties podcast and into the In My Twenties family, here she is. So hi, my name is Yumna Asin. I'm a motivational speaker and a success coach, and I have a really deep passion for helping people and seeing them succeed in life. And I'm also a very quirky person, so a lot of people think of life coaching as sometimes being a little bit too serious, but I love putting in the humor into it. Yeah, so that's me in a package. Now on every episode of the In My Twenties podcast, my guests always come through with these incredible mind moments or gem moments and this is just one of them. I remember um, before I got diagnosed, mm. I didn't yet have the one where I blacked out, but it started with ones like this, mm. where I would hold like a Coke bottle. I remember it so clearly in the yeah. kitchen. And then I just randomly just did that and I wasn't controlling it. Oh. And it just happened and the, and the Coke bottle flew out my head. The In My Twenties podcast is split up into three sections. In the first section, we get to hear a little bit more about Yumna's career journey. In the second section, we dive into today's topic, which is all about understanding epilepsy. And finally, rounding up all three sections is a conversation on the all-consuming 20s journey. Let's get straight into it. All right, yes. so Yumna, you've mentioned that you are a life coach yes. and a motivational speaker. Mm. How did you get to where you are today? I mean, it's not something that you study. You don't study life coaching No, in well, varsity, on varsity level. No, no, okay, no. So how did you get started? It's funny because I never ever imagined myself in this sort of field. Like I was extremely shy, like mm. had no confidence, couldn't even order like um, pizza on the telephone. Like you remember that speech I yeah. mentioned the other day. And um, I would give my my money to my sister mm. for for food, to order in the food court because I was so shy to speak to anyone. Mm. It was really, really bad. And so then I realized something had to change. So I decided to take um, debating in school. It was a model United Nations where it's just like the United Nations. You would um, kind of like choose a country and then you would have to represent their political views on it. Oh, wow. And so it was hot in the beginning. I sucked so bad, but I just jumped head first. I'm like, this is the only way. Like, mm. how am I going to become successful if I have no confidence? Mm. And then from there, then I progressed and I went into studying HR in Vasi College. Mm -hmm. And I, I really still had that passion for helping people. Mm. And then uh, during college time, I met a guy who introduced me to something called Called network marketing. Mm -hmm. And that's where I began to find out that I actually have an entrepreneurial spirit mm -hmm. within myself. And I, I just didn't really explore it. And just being involved in that company and um, selling, which I never thought I'd ever be able to do in my entire life, truly kind of ignited that passion for um, entrepreneurship mm -hmm. and also helping other people. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I, I sucked so bad in the beginning with that too. <laughs> I couldn't sell to save my life. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, the mentor that I had really made it simple. And he said, if you think about it, mm -hmm. you're selling on a daily basis and you don't even know. Mm -hmm. And in your career, mm -hmm. in the work that you do, you're a life coach. Yes. And <laughs> And 
there are so many aspects of our personal lives that we look mm. after. We're going to go to the gym and we'll find a gym coach. We will go to the doctor and find a, I want to say health coach because yes. your doctor is looking <laughs> after your health. But life coaching is such an interesting mm. thing or interesting concept. So how do you define being a life coach? I would say I like to use, you know, the analogy that my lecturer spoke about. Mm. She spoke about something where she said, just like how you imagined, you know, a horse and buggy back in the day. Mm. So imagine the horse and buggy back in the day. It took you from point A to point B. So where, where you are right now to where you want to be. And that's what a life coach is, is taking you from where you are right now. And they take you through a journey of, um, you know, self-development assisting you to finding what's your deeper purpose Mm -hmm. in order for you to get to where you want to be. Mm -hmm. But I always believe that a life coach is just the guy. Just like I said in my previous speech, the client is the hero. You're inviting them into your story and you're just the guide to lead them there because the answers are already inherently within them. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. And so take me through a typical session in terms of the things that you might ask them or how you would go about developing this journey because it sounds very pretty and airy fairy of course. you know it's like i'm gonna go and self-discover and find myself yes you know? but what are the fundamentals that you go through yeah you know i gotta say when people come to a life coach you know a lot mm. of people are not very aware of uh, what life coaching is and when they do do an, a session with me they're like wow i didn't think this was what life coaching was because it's very challenging especially for the person that i'm coaching because you have to dive very deep into yourself. And um, one of the exercises that I do with people, and I think I've perhaps mentioned it to you, but I've I mentioned it to a lot of people is a very powerful visualization exercise Mm -hmm. where we try to discover, you know, a lot of people come to me saying that they're feeling stuck in life. They don't really know what the next step is, where, how, how can I make the next move? And so I tell them, imagine that there are three chairs or if there are three chairs in the room, we actually do it physically, like practically. And I say, so we have three chairs. We have the logical chair, we have the aha chair, and we have the integration chair. So I tell them, you know what, with the issue that you're having right now, you know, you're feeling like you're really stuck. Imagine that we're going to go sit in the logical chair and that logical chair is going to give you some advice and solutions as if it's talking to you um, by giving you logical day-to-day advice on what, what you could do in order to get out of that stuck zone. And then we move it on to the aha chair which is a creative chair and you Mm. sit in there and you imagine that the chair is giving you creative advice on how to get unstuck. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it doesn't really conform the creative chair. It's out of the box thinking Mm -hmm. to have the aha moment, the epiphany. Mm -hmm. And then the integration chair kind of marries the both, the, the, the best of both worlds Mm -hmm. and marries the logical chair and the aha chair and sometimes we even take it a bit further and we say hey what's your role model Mm -hmm. like imagine oprah is coming to you right now like what is oprah telling you about this like oprah i'm stuck yeah and so in in the session like i tell you well tell me what is oprah telling you right now and it's amazing some of the stuff that they come up with. It's mm. it's crazy, like how they access these things in their mind, yeah. or what Oprah might be saying to them, and they're like, "I never thought of it that way." Mm. 
A lot of people feel like you need to go and see someone who's lived, you know, like a long life and, yes. you know, is close around their 50s because they can give you life yes. experience from that perspective. Right. How are you finding your relationship with your clients who are in their 20s? Yes, I think it's been really good. And I mm. think there's also um, a stigma that's attached to life coaching. They envision a life coach as someone that's much older. Yeah. And um, when we think of a life coach, we think of it as someone who's in a midlife crisis that goes to see a life coach but I remember watching a video by my role model Mary Forleo and she was speaking about you know seeking mentors Mm -hmm. and so a lot of times when we think of a mentor we need to seek out someone that is way ahead of the game someone that's done it already done everything Um, you know that's all great and dandy but she said we're forgetting to look to the sides there are people that are in the same situation as you are now and they're actually close to the problem and they actually are going through the same thing as you and some of them have managed Mm -hmm. to overcome it so they're closer to to that issue that you're going through so it would actually kind of be better for you to seek out their help which was so interesting because yes the people that are way ahead have gone through that Mm -hmm. but it's very kind of far removed that it's happened many many years ago but people that like you're right here with me we can talk about this you can give Mm -hmm. me very valuable advice Mm. you know and it's more meaningful because we're able I'm able to relate to you on that sense yeah. that the that the issue and the challenge is closer to you yeah. in terms <laughs> of time yeah yes I think that's so powerful that we forget to look on our sides we yes. forget to look at who's in our circle right yeah that is that is quite a <laughs> that's quite something to take in because to your point I mean, even within my career, the people I look up to in my career and yes. who I'm like, I want to be like them. Or if I could only get into the room with eggs, my right. life would change. Yes. But then you get into the room with eggs. Yeah. And then it's like, what are you going to say to them? What are you going to do? Like, what yeah. is the conversation? Is all you're going to say to them? Thank you for being a role model to me. Yeah. But it hasn't actually changed you. Like yes. you haven't gotten anything right. that you can take into the world. But these conversations that we can have side by side, you can say, oh, Retainer, you need maybe help yes. on your social media side. I advise yes. you to do this. Or from a life coach perspective, right. which you are, have you tried this? The three chairs thing you mentioned, yes. I had not thought of. And that's by right. our interaction, not something that I read or saw yes. through someone who was years ahead of me. Right, exactly. So that's powerful. We tend to underestimate the knowledge that the people closest to us actually sure. have. Because we're always seeking out, we want the best of the best, the the person who's the most famous person to work mm. with, you know. But, yeah. I mean, we truly do underestimate, like, the, the knowledge that comes from the people closest mm-hmm. to us. It's very amazing. True. I want to ask me through some of our discussions on more of a personal level and a personal note is you suffer from epilepsy. Yes. And to be completely honest, you are the only person I know who suffers from epilepsy. Wow. And I think from watching TV, sometimes on the screens, it says, you know, there's usually a warning sign. If you suffer from epilepsy, this might be harmful to your health. Right. Um, But I've never taken account of it because... Yes. Again, no one in my life and myself mm. don't suffer from epilepsy. Yes. So how would you describe if you're comfortable to I'm totally speak I'm about so it. open about it. <laughs> um, yeah. how, how first of all, what what is epilepsy? 
So epilepsy is basically like there, there is um, an abnormality in the, in the chemical workings in your brain, like the, what do they call the neurons? Mm-hmm. They are um, overly active. Okay. And so it's not really all that balanced, you know? So sometimes um, there's different things that happen in your brain that causes the neurons to overly activate, be overly active, which then causes you to have a seizure. Okay. Yes. And there's different types types of seizures. Some people have absent seizures where they're, they're just staring ahead. Their eyes are open. They're fully conscious, mm. but they're actually having a seizure. Okay. And then there's the ones that we all know of called the tonic-clonic or the older name for it was grand mal where the person falls on the floor mm. and they start shaking and stuff. Okay. Yeah. And then there's also ones that are like involuntary shakes like mm. this. So they're conscious, but they're just shaking okay. like that uh, okay. and they can't control it. Okay. Yes. What kind of seizures do you have? I have the one I have, it first starts off with like movements like this. Mm-hmm. And that's when it's like a signal that, Hey, you know, you me, you've kind of got to watch out. Mm-hmm. And then what ends up happening is I end up falling on the floor. I have the one where um, I completely black out. Okay. I don't, and I get out of it and I don't know who, like where I am, what mm-hmm. day it is, what happened that freaks me out. And I, I always wake up crying because I don't know what happened. Okay. So okay. It's, it's extremely scary. Yeah. You yeah. know? I can imagine. Yeah. And when were you diagnosed with epilepsy? When I was 10 years old. Okay. Yeah. So I've been on medication sure. ever since. Okay. Yeah. And what was your first encounter that you remember yes. having epilepsy? I remember um, before I got diagnosed mm. that um, I would, it, I didn't, I didn't yet have the one where I blacked out, but it started with ones like this, mm. where I would hold like a Coke bottle. I remember it so clearly in the yeah. kitchen. And then I just randomly just did that. That, and I wasn't controlling it oh, and it just happened and the and the coke bottle flew at my head and I started crying because I didn't I didn't know what was happening to my body and it was happening very often mm. and that's when my parents decided to take me like for the MRI scans mm. and stuff and yeah they thought that I would grow out of it but I unfortunately have not mm-hmm. yeah and how does it affect your kind of like your everyday life especially when it comes to work or mm. actually your daily life in general <laughs> Like yeah. how much has it impacted your life? I would say it's impacted it a lot. Mm-hmm. It really has. Like when I was a teenager, it wasn't really that bad. Mm-hmm. But then as soon as I exited college in the past, like, um, six years, it's gotten tremendously worse, but gratefully that I haven't had a seizure in the past year. Okay. But it kind of got worse where like my, my period affects it so closer to around my menstrual period. Like I'm more likely to get a seizure. Also a lack of sleep. Okay. And I also kind of get angry at my epilepsy because I'm like, it's the morning time and I'm really, really like, I want to do stuff, but I can feel my brain it's just not up for it mm-hmm. like it's like I'm I'm so tired you know like you just can't do this yeah. because if I'm extremely tired I get auras people who have epilepsy get these auras mm-hmm. it's like a feeling that you're going to get a seizure it's like your body warning you okay. and as soon as I what feel is, that what does that feel like so you feel some people get a certain taste in their mouth mm-hmm. of like metallic or something some people um, get like the vision starts changing a bit. Things start, um, you know, their, their visual 
there's, there's visual changes, there's feelings within them, their heart starts racing. Okay. And I get like a feeling in my brain saying like, I don't feel right. Mm. And I'm not able to concentrate on what you're saying. And that's a warning that you got to sit down or just lay down. Okay. So um, I know like my psychologist told me, don't worry about not being able to do the stuff that you want to do in the morning. Utilize the better hours of your day. Mm. So that's why I usually start at 11 a.m. and I work to like 8 or 9 p.m. at mm. night because okay. I know that's when I'm most there. Yeah. 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 So it's been, it's been um, really like not nice to live with when you know that you want to do some productive stuff in the morning and everyone's all there and up and stuff but I just have to be real with my body and say it just can't be up to that standard you know but I utilize other Mm. hours of my day so it's it's fine yeah Yeah. it's quite interesting in the sense that you Mm. you never know what other people are going through in their lives yes and so I only know because you mm. told me or you yes. told us, you know, and I think a lot of the time we go through life mm. just looking at other people going like, oh, well, their life is great. Like everything's perfect. Yes. But again, without having conversations yes. and even when you do find out, it's like, how is it? You know, yes. how is life? Yes. Um, and that, because yes, everybody has their own issues and everyone has things, but I think you are able to connect with people better or sympathize or yes, empathize that's with people so true. when you know. Mm. Um, I can't imagine what you're going through. I can't mm. imagine what it's like to have epilepsy yeah. or to be on meds your entire life or yeah. knowing that there are certain hours of the day that you're not productive. The mornings are not good for you. Yeah. And it's such courage you know, even for you, like every day, you're like, this is, this is a part of me, but it's not, but you haven't let it defeat you. You haven't let it like impact your life to a point where you're just like, well, I've got it. So, you know, this is, this is me. Again, I would not have been able to tell. (laughs) There was, there was nothing. There's nothing on you that says I have epilepsy. Because it's invisible. Exactly. Yes, exactly. exactly. Like, because some people are like, wow, you don't look like you have epilepsy. I'm like, but it's invisible. You can't see it. And it's so true. It really opens up your eyes living with it to, to know that there's people out there, they, they might, it might be perceived that they have a perfect mm. life, but everyone is going through something. Yeah, yeah. And that's why it's so important to have empathy because mm. you just never know. That's like so it might look all glitzy and glamour on social media, but something else is happening mm. behind the scenes most times. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sure. And mm. is it genetic or how does one, get epilepsy mm. how does I don't know. so there's still a lot that's unknown okay. about epilepsy um the scientists can't really pinpoint it because you know there's also no cure yet mm-hmm. but there's uh, sometimes it could be like uh brain damage brain trauma that caused it um they did speak about something of it being genetic mm. but they're not very sure they can't really prove it mm. um there's some people that have worse cases of epilepsy than other than mm. others okay. some people might have like lesions in their brain 
day and that cause them to have epilepsy hour upon hour. So okay. I'm grateful that I don't have it to that point, mm-hmm. but it, it's, it kind of does suck living with it, but it's important to know that it does not define you, mm-hmm. you know? And I actually, um, I'm wearing this uh, watch right now is my epilepsy bracelet. Yeah. It's, a, it's like a smartwatch okay. it's connected to my phone. And if it um, kind of detects that I'm having like a seizure where I black out, it actually will turn red and go around and give my uh, loved ones a call. Oh, wow. And tell them I need help. So it's the Embrace Watch by Empathica. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't even know that existed. That's, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. To know that, that is there because you could be anywhere. Yes. And like have a seizure and mm. just being able to know that people know that something yes. is wrong. Yeah. Um, sure. So, I mean, if there's people out there, like I'm, I'm a brand ambassador for them and mm. I share my stories with them mm. and this watch is, gives you so much peace of mind yeah. to know that if anything happens, mm. that thing will call yeah. and send GPS coordinates of where you are mm. at the moment. Okay. okay. Yeah. What advice would you kind of give to people who may have epilepsy or may have a mental health condition that they feel no one is getting it. You know, yes. I have X, but no one can see it. Yes. Um, how would you advise them to maybe approach or, yeah, just continue? Yeah, it's, I, I would say it's definitely very hard, you know, mm. um, especially because of the stigma that's attached to, um, you know, especially mental, mental illness. And I honestly do believe just like you have an ailment or an illness of the body, the physical body, you have an illness of the mind too, but don't let that, you know, um, make you feel like, um, embarrassed or anything, mm. but just know, you know, that it is there, but don't try to fight against it, especially like if you're having depression or anxiety, me living with epilepsy, and I sometimes get anxiety out of nowhere also. It's important that you don't try to fight against it because mm-hmm. the more you do that, the worse it gets. It just gets okay. so bad. Okay. So it's important that you try to know that it is there, but try to learn some coping mechanisms mm-hmm. and just take it step by step by step and realize that you've got to have some patience with it that it's not going to disappear mm-hmm. just like that okay. you know so just taking um you know different sort of coping mechanisms breathing techniques meditation seeing someone for help seeking some help mm-hmm. and just know that if you are just taking some action steps to um work your way to get out of it you are making progress mm-hmm. even if you don't see the results just yet it's invisible results mm-hmm. How would you summarize your 20s? Wow, a roller coaster, mm-hmm. most definitely. I think it, 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 it hasn't all just been roses and unicorns and um, that. It, it's, it's not just, it's, it's something, especially in our society today, it's been very fast-paced, very unknown. Mm-hmm. There's things that have happened that I'm so glad to have brought into my life, certain people, opportunities. It's amazing how life works, especially mm-hmm. in your 20s, where you think that this is where you're going, especially like when you come out of school, it's like, I've got my life set. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to be doing this, 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 and this. And then as soon as you get out of that and you choose a career, you meet someone or or you go somewhere and yeah. it leads you in different directions. 
days. Yeah. But what what I like about also, I think the 20s is such a foundational stage of your life to really get to know who you are. Mm. And because you're still young, you still have the opportunity to discover what is it that resonates with you what what do you want to do mm. um for the for the save the rest of your life mm. you know and it's kind of like my mom used to always say like in your 20s and especially when you're growing up it's like if you're trying to if you're struggling with what it is that you want to do with your life just throw everything at the wall and like spaghetti yeah throwing spaghetti at the wall and just like for real like actually like throwing spaghetti yeah like throwing spaghetti (laughs) at the wall and see what sticks you know it can also be used as an analogy to Mm. try different things Mm. you know because a lot of times people um society preaches a linear sort of career especially like you you do this you do this you move up the ladder and whatnot but as Cheryl Sonberg who's the COO of Facebook in her Mm. book Lean In Mm. she says that your career is actually a jungle gym it's not a ladder yeah because it it can go this way it can go that way but it leads you to where you are right Mm. now Mm. I mean I truly do believe like certain things happen for a reason the Mm. reason why we're here doing Mm. this podcast because it's um, opening up doors for you, mm-hmm. but you don't really see it yet. It's like invisible results. Yeah. You yeah. know? That's quite powerful. Yeah. Um, and then, Yumna, have you ever experienced the quarter-life crisis? Oh, my gosh, yes. Okay. okay. Oh, what, my goodness. What was your quarter-life crisis? Oh, man. I think I, I actually had it, I think, when I was about 25 years old. Because mm. isn't that, like, exactly quarter-life? Yeah. And I had it, and I went through such a bad depression. I remember when I was in school, and the English teacher asked, asked all of us, what is your biggest fear? And everyone said, like, like oh, fear of a tarantula, cockroach, fear of dying. I said, fear of losing myself. And sure. then it's crazy, because when I was around the age of 25, mm. I, I, I saw it becoming real. Yeah. I saw myself losing myself. Yeah. Which was um, really, really scary, to be honest. Like, that whole... I saw it becoming very real. Yeah. Like, um, I'm like, oh my goodness, I don't know what to do with my life right now. I don't feel like I've found my passion. And I was freaking out a lot. There was so... Um, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but there were so many days where I literally just cried all the time. Mm. And usually by myself in my room, because I didn't really want to be a Debbie Downer to anyone else, mm. you know. But um, it was it was a process that I know it sounds weird that I'm grateful that I went through because it forced me to get real with who I am and what is it that makes me, makes me happy. Because yeah. I've always been someone that wants to please yeah. everyone else. Yeah. Even to the point of I'm uh, following a career that someone else wants for me mm. instead of what do I want for myself. Yeah. You yeah. know? So it, it, I did go through that. It was hard. It felt like it was never going to end, mm. you know? But, I, I actually saw a psychologist, I saw a life coach, and I saw what they did for me. Mm-hmm. And that kind of sparked the beginning of, wow, I also love helping people and yeah. people who are also in this sort of crisis too. Because yeah. my market is actually a lot of people come to me who are in their 20s who are mm-hmm. suffering from a midlife crisis <laughs> and they want advice on that. Yeah. 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 
But just knowing it, that as hard as it might be right now, it, there is a light there at the yeah. end of the tunnel. Yeah. Even though it might be blue right now, yeah. it will it will turn to white. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you said you're grateful that you went through it. Mm. Because I think a lot of the times when we're going through the most in our 20s, we kind of want to avoid it. Yes. Because it doesn't feel great. Of course. And I think I read some some sort of a quote that said our bad feelings or supposedly negative feelings that we call yeah. want to be felt too yes. not just the good ones because when you're going through a high you feel it completely yes. you're within it yes. but when you go through a negative emotion you're so quick to want to mm. let it like stop it oh my gosh you yes know? That's so true. Mm. You know, I was, um, you know, we were, I think we were speaking about that the other day and I was speaking to someone else about it recently. And it's been a conversation mm. that has come up a lot mm. with people is the fact that how you embrace your happy feelings, embrace those negative feelings yeah. too, because it's actually healthy. Mm. As weird as it may sound, it's mm. actually healthy for you to go through those motions. Yeah. And what advice do you have for people in their twenties in general? When in general. I would say, you know what? It's going to be a roller coaster, but mm. it's an exciting roller coaster. You know, it's kind of like those, just like I said, it's, it's, um, your career, your life is not a ladder. It's not linear. It's a jungle gym. It goes all over the place, but it's those moments of, um, you know, failure and mistakes that actually grow you the most as a person. That's when you make your biggest breakthroughs in your career, you know, is when you're going through those mistakes, when you're going through all of that, like that's when you really um, make those breakthroughs. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Yumna, for coming on today's episode of the In My Twenties podcast and sharing your journey, sharing what you've been through, sharing what it is to live with epilepsy or have epilepsy. As mentioned, it is one of those conditions that I personally don't know a lot about or enough about. And this has definitely inspired me to read up more on it. To everybody else, I hope you were inspired by this episode just as much as I was. So we'll catch you same time, same place, right here on In My Twenties.